0: If your mind is always at, you know, what could actually be a value to the recipient, like genuinely, um, it's pretty easy to uh, build a relationship with pretty much any prominent
1: person. What is good, everybody? This is Michael Sicon, founder and CEO of Our Future. We are the go-to business podcast and media brand for Gen Z, for young leaders looking to unlock their future in context of our future. And right now, I have an incredible interview lined up for you with Mr. Arvid Ali. Thank you for joining me, sir.
0: Thanks for having me, really appreciate it. All
1: right, burning question to start off, I just have to ask you, is it true that you ended up graduating UCLA at age 19? So did you you skip like four grades? Like how did that end up happening?
0: Yeah, and I I don't recommend it for anyone, but it was mostly because I hated school so much. So um, what I did was when I was in high school, uh, I did two years of college uh, full-time. And uh, so I finished high school when I was uh, roughly 17. But by that point, I had two years of, of college credit done. The only problem was that I didn't actually decide, you know, what I wanted to do in terms of uh, like my actual major per se. So I just did general, you know, uh, general ed classes for those two years. And when I uh, went to UCLA, I was like, okay, well, I only have two years left. But the 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 problem with what I decided was. I did nonstop math courses for two years straight. So if you could imagine, like taking nothing but you know upper division math classes for for uh, for those two years nonstop, it wasn't particularly enjoyable. But um, but yeah, I did. Uh, I ended up graduating
1: when I was 19. The next stop was working at a, a unicorn pharmacy company, is that correct?
0: But actually, so right after that, I, I first joined Fortune 500 companies. You know, I was initially just yeah I, I thought like uh, joining a, a large company was was the way to go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I joined Oracle, um, which is, uh, this, you know, fortune 100 company. And, and, uh, it was really interesting because the, the, the founder, CEO of Oracle, um, he was best friends with Steve jobs and he's one of the wealthiest people in the world. So the way he, yeah, the way he like runs his company is probably the most ruthless, uh, I've ever seen. So he really treats it like in his war. Um, I remember, uh, when the, when Mark heard who was, uh, for a time, the CEO of Oracle. Uh, when I met him personally, he was talking about how he wants—it's like he just—all he wants is for all of his competitors um, uh, to become homeless, so that they regret competing against Oracle. I was like, wow, that's you know pretty. Intense. Wow, that's
1: aggressive. You know, I was like, I could, that's yeah, a hot take. Yeah, rest, so... to, rest rest in peace to him though, for sure. I, I mean, to the media, there's a lot of niceties. You know, we do live in a polite culture, but you know, brewing under the surface is a killer instinct that may have yeah. been echoed in <laughs> in what you said about Mark. So, were you able to secure like? one-on-one convos with these crazy execs while you were just yeah. entry-level employee Yeah, these, yeah, it was, it, was, it was
0: super easy, actually. So that was one of the interesting things. So I remember I came out of, so I was, you know, out of UCLA, I was by far the youngest pe- person, you know, employed at Oracle. I couldn't, it was kind of a problem because I didn't have any friends that I could really hang out with because everyone was going to the bars, um, who all joined me, you know, but but I was under 21. Um, I didn't have a fake ID or anything. So <laughs> I, I was just like, okay, well, you know, there's not much to do per se. Um, but what I did do is I started reaching out to all the top executives at Oracle, not just sort of the mid-level managers. I wanted to directly talk to, um, you know, the highest executives that I could. And oddly enough, like they're all very happy to talk to me. So, um, if you think about it from their angle, you know, I didn't, I didn't talk to them to bother them. Like I, I went in with, with a premise of like, okay, let me feed you valuable information as to how all these new hires. You know, I know you're hiring. You they're hiring hundreds and hundreds of people going into these cohorts. I, I doubt that they're actually ever talking to any of these people personally to understand, you know, what the experience has been like for these people coming in. Um, and so I was just like, hey, you know, I'd love to tell you exactly what it's been like um, and and give you sort of a, uh, a firsthand uh, source of 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 uh, of you know what's been really great, what could be improved for future.
1: You know, people they're like, oh, you need to provide value, and you do. And for me, it's, you know, I'm able to reach out to these people and bring on the podcast, but I like your angle because you were, you didn't have a platform, but you were feeding them value by bringing them intelligence at the lower level of the company that they weren't, that it wasn't visible to them. So I really like that angle. Like you (laughs) can reach out to whatever company you go intern at or go work at, like you can get to the top and make a crazy connection.
0: Yeah, and and I think that's kind of like the key is like, if your mind is always at, you know, what could actually be a value to the recipient, like genuinely. Um, it's pretty easy to uh, build a relationship with pretty much any
1: prominent person. So, and it's important to to just know that you are like someone who hasn't done that much yet, um, but still have have confidence. So it's like a it's kind of a a, a trade off. So, the next thing I'd like to ask you is how did you meet Jordan Belfort? You were president of his companies, mm-hmm. yeah. um, for several several months of tenure of you know from what august until this past month or it
0: was, it was longer as uh we didn't put any pr releases for a while uh, on it but uh um so mostly like kind of throughout 2020 but um uh, i'll give some more backstory so prior to that i initially you know uh, uh uh was the head of talent for a company called alto um they've become a unicorn company now um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, really fun times. You know, when I was, when I was, uh, working with Alta, they were, they were a series A company when I joined and then I had a really phenomenal time working with the founders and, and, and seeing how they professionally operate their startup. And, uh, one, the main sort of big thing I would say about that, that's key for people to know is, um, when I joined Alta, like prior to joining Alta, I actually worked for a number of other startups and large companies, but the way that like there, I don't know how to explain it. There's such a nine day difference between, Um, startups that are professionally run um, versus 99% of all other startups that are out there. So startups that have either like the founders themselves or the primary angel investors who are extremely successful uh, entrepreneurs already, you know, creating this company, the way that they operate is just, it's like, um, it's like the difference between like, you know, sort of if you had professional basketball coaches, get people together and actually get something done versus bunch of people who've never played basketball before try to watch TV and figure it out for themselves. Um, and uh, th- there were quite a few companies that I worked with that really opened my uh, perspective on life. One was also Numerai, which is like an AI hedge fund crypto uh, company. Um, the founder is probably one of the smartest people i ever met in my life. And then um, uh, another one was ABL Space System. So that's like a rocket company. Um, which is also another interesting thing. But, but, yeah, so anyway, so I did the the consulting work. I was a head of talent consulting for for a lot of these different companies, and I had a few employees uh, support me over the years. And then uh, ultimately, I had one sort of main per, right hand person that uh, continues to lead the company. and then um, and then I made a shift uh, into the celebrity management space, so to speak. So um, uh, I got introduced to Tony Robbins primarily by going to a lot of his events, and then I paid for these sort of premier events and I think I paid like a quarter million dollars to fly to, uh, primarily to to fly to Abu Dhabi, uh, and then when I connected with someone who works for him, again I didn't like try to ask for anything, like there I didn't have a specific intention. I just knew that I should always add value to people's lives. And what uh, were you
1: doing for Sean? You were recruiting, or I,
0: so I ended up being the global managing director, which is essentially like a CEO function for for all of his companies. So he, okay, yeah, Sean, Sean actually. Uh, 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 it's all sort of publicly available information, but he uh, owns tons and tons of different businesses, largely because he's uh, he's not only the best snowboarder in the world, but the best skateboarder in the world. So um, uh, that's afforded him a, a lot of opportunities. That, uh,
1: that that yeah, that must have been crazy, dude. Managing Sean White's Sean White's companies.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so that was an interesting thing. And then um, and then uh, yeah, I told one of my investment banking uh, connections that like, hey uh, I'm looking to support, um, another celebrity, but I prefer for it to be like a business celebrity sort of to speak this time. And, um, and then one of the people I could connect, got connected to was Jordan Belford. Um, and the funny thing about Jordan, Jordan's like, Jordan's really one of a kind. I think he's probably one of the most uh, amazing people in the world. So, so he's like, I, I, uh, I joined this like conference call. Um, and again, there's no premise. It was just like, Hey, some guy, no, you know, has this background, so might as well just include him in a conference call. Um, And Jordan has a lot of businesses, uh, but I joined this conference call, and then like I said, some stuff that was, you know, uh, what what I need to be, you know, uh, unique information. And then, um, and I think we might have like had one other call briefly after that, and then he, uh, and then we met in person, and he asked me um, to. Uh, first, run uh, his entire new uh, company. Um, the first company that he was trying to grow was was a uh, uh, was was recruiting related. Yeah, but I, I thought to myself, like, okay, well, I'm, at that point, I was kind of past the point of caring about recruiting because I already did, you know, w- way more interesting things with Sean. Um, and uh, uh, but but I knew that the thing is that like, um, if I support him with the thing that I'm absolutely like an expert at to begin with. That allows me to gain a lot of trust.
1: Back to your loss leader philosophy with relationship building, right? You yeah, do yeah. something that you don't necessarily want to do at first, or you add value, and then on the back end, you get to do some sick stuff.
0: Exactly, and and I didn't ask for any compensation or anything like that. Yeah, so, that's good. Um, so the longer I waited, the the more inclined he was because I did such a good job with these you know things that I definitely knew how to do. Um, the more he was inclined to fully trust me with with everything else that he he had, he had going on. So. Uh, pretty soon within a matter of weeks, you know, he made me the president of, of, uh, all of his companies, president of um,
1: Jordan Belfort, that's the company, <laughs> Jordan Belfort.
0: Um, he has a lot of, I mean, a lot of them have different names, like straight line, you know, hiring straight, straight, line, yeah. and all of that stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, it was pretty intense. We hired like a hundred people within like two months. Um,
1: for like the as through, through the, through the recruiting function or for, no,
0: no, no. For the internally. company itself internally for yeah, internally. Yeah, what, yeah. what,
1: what's different about celebrity holding like celebrity company portfolios than say managing oh. another portfolio. Cause it does it all come back to like connecting personal brand with content with sales. Like it would like, um, it's,
0: it's, it's really different. I would say it's like, um, like most brands, it's a weird thing. So like most brands, people don't know about, Pretty much, you know, ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of all the brands that are out there in the world, right? And so the way they operate themselves is like, okay, they advertise their brand and then try to get, you know, sales, sell some product or whatever it might be. Um, the brands that everyone uh, tends to know uh, are like, you know, whether it's Coca-Cola or Nike; those are very large corporations. So in those situations, you have tens of thousands, sometimes over a hundred thousand employees um, working for these massive brands that everybody knows. And there's this weird, unique little pocket of celebrity brands where they typically barely have any employees you know, comparatively, but the brand awareness is like higher than most Fortune, Fortune 100 companies. Like most people know celebrity brands and you know, celebrity names and images more than they would know, uh, you know uh, most of the company, you know, top companies in the entire world. So um, it's this weird dynamic where like, it gives you a ton of power to uh, be able to garner as much new business as you want, it also creates this weird dynamic where you have tons of like sort of inflow of shitty opportunities too. And so you're, you're, it's like a really weird, it's almost like if, if someone <laughs> gave yeah. you Nike, it's almost like if someone gave you Nike today, but said that there weren't them, there were only like, you know, uh, 10 or 100 employees or something. This is just kind of a weird world that you plug yourself into. Yeah. I'm thinking Um, of like
1: Dwayne, the rock Johnson and all his brands and stuff like that. I mean, having that promotional channel built in is such a win-win. Like,
0: yeah, you have marketing, (laughs) like
1: what do companies burn money on sales and marketing? What do you not need to burn money on if you're a celebrity sales and marketing?
0: Yeah. And, and so the, the thing with the celebrity side is it's more like um, being able to, it's, it really boils down to like choosing the one or two things you can do given your bandwidth um, uh, without watering down your brand because it's not like a celebrity can go in with a hundred different you know com- you know companies that they're they representing have to be intentional
1: yeah you have to be very intentional yeah.
0: and so it's more with celebrities they have a they have a bigger dilemma which is like not making the wrong decision because there's obviously a much better decision as people saw with with uh, with with uh, you know Kylie Jenner for example uh, a lot of celebrities were really shocked uh, when they saw that because you know, they, they, no one could really believe, you know, what happened and now, And then after that, um, let's say over the last 30, 40 years, most celebrities endorse companies, right? So you'll see them in commercials. Uh, a lot of these celebrities are now aligning themselves to startups because they've realized that they can make a yeah, lot of money simply you by so you know, getting equity um, into yeah. these companies. Um, and these startups, the thing that is kind of their biggest pain point is having brand awareness once they reach a certain level, once they have product market fit, then they need to try to become some sort of household name for the consumer oriented startup. So um, uh, them getting these like big name celebrities really legitimizes them, helps them raise yes. more rounds at higher valuations. It also
1: gets press. Like you see these celebrities investing in companies in like tech and like TechCrunch and it's everywhere. If like yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> invests in a startup, like everyone's gonna know about it, you know? Um, do you have any great stories with with, uh, with Jordan?
0: Jordan? <laughs> okay, so let me, so you might my summaries of Jordan. So, Jordan is a few things. So I would say he's probably the most ethical person I've ever met in my life when it comes to business. Jordan
1: Balfour is the most ethical person. It's
0: it's like he's annoyingly ethical. Uh, This is kind of what I've gathered. So with regard to like the public image that you see of pretty much anyone in the public eye, um, generally speaking, I would say more often than not, uh, privately, they're the exact opposite. Uh, yeah, with with Jordan, it was this is this is what I got. It. He's like he's absolutely brilliant at math um, uh, and finance. Like he, you know, I have a degree in applied math, but he's probably one of the best at math that I've ever seen in my life. You know, uh, like, like it, it's like mind-boggling how fast he is at math, and like he'll he's faster than any calculator or any like his level of understanding is is really renowned. Privately, like he he likes just laying in bed working on his laptop, writing scripts for like. It, not <laughs> party he doesn't drink alcohol
1: i met him in, in beverly hills he was sitting at the um table across from me and uh, i went up I, I was waiting the whole time i waved uh. him to stand up <laughs> and he walked down the street i went up and, mr Belfort. can i interview on my podcast he gave me you know Haley, Haley. Haley, Haley yeah, yeah yeah she Haley. Haley, yeah, Haley. yeah she's in pink hair yeah yeah she's in she's in mexico yeah yeah no she's in mexico yeah i, I was i was emailing with her and stuff but Yeah, I mean, he he, he was—he—he didn't—he was definitely talking up a storm, but it was just cool. It was just cool to see him in person.
0: He also has the most energy of anyone that I've ever met. Like, he only sleeps two, three hours a night. Um, He works harder than than like, I think everybody in Silicon Valley uh, is a joke in terms of how hard they work compared to Jordan. Like, and Jordan's six years old. Like, it's not even comparable. It's 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 like the guy's work is in his mind is so intensely
1: on. Um, so your website says you're retired at, you retired at eight, financially retired at age 26. So you're not actually retired. You're still working, but
0: so, yeah. You know, so how
1: are you able to financially retire at age 26, you know, by doing what you've done?
0: So it's, it's actually pretty, um, it's really easy. Actually, I would say for anybody to financially retire, um, let's say most, most of your viewers, I'm assuming in their early twenties, um, I would say it's pretty easy for any of them to financially retire by like early thirties, if they want to, not even doing anything impressive. Just saving
1: money, investing.
0: It's, 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 it's like this, if you think about it this way. So um, uh, this isn't what I did. Like I had you know large sums of money that I made um, from a consulting firm, plus sure. the work that I've done. So, uh, but I didn't spend it, it's, you know, <laughs> but- uh,
1: Except on uh, Tony Robbins in Dubai.
0: Exactly, yeah, but, but that, that so the only times I, I spend money is not so much for luxury, um, uh, or, or like these sort of consumptions. Well, it
1: got you the Sean White job. So.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. the, the <laughs> only times I, I spend a lot of money is like if I really think it's genuinely an investment in myself. So, um, so I would say pretty much anybody who like, uh, the, the easiest case is like if you, if you just kept your expenses the same, is the easiest way to think about it um, wherever you're at right now, if you just didn't change your expenses, like forget about like the notion of how high your expenses are supposed to get because of where, you, you know, but if you just kept your expenses the same and then saved all the additional money that you get, so you don't need to do anything dramatic. So I don't ever advocate like changing your lifestyle, unless if you're like extremely in debt or something, but, um, uh, you don't need to change your lifestyle at all. If you just keep it the same and just save all of the money that you make, um, and leave it in S&P 500 and there's, uh, generally speaking, no other uh, you know, better investment vehicle. Um, uh, if you just leave it in the S&P 500 uh, and you save that money within the course of, of 10 years, especially if you end up having uh, a, some sort of life partner or spouse, uh, it's relatively easy to save enough to where Uh,
1: you're financially secure for life. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Arvid Ali, the former president of Jordan Belford and the former global managing director of Sean White's company, sharing some really interesting insights about his career. At such a young age, he's had so much success, and I think it's fascinating, the whole celebrity startup trend. It was cool to get some backside information on that trend in the business world. Hope you guys enjoyed. Remember that these interviews now have video. You can go to YouTube, subscribe, and watch these interviews with video, which is awesome. And as always, I want you to do one thing, and that is to stay frosty. Peace out, everybody.